In this episode of Psyche of Success, we're going to be talking about the Everything Disc Sales Profile and how you would use personality to play into the way that you would sell to a person. You're in for a treat, so hold on. Here we go. This is the Psyche of Success. Podcasting around the globe. Join us as we interview superstars in their respective fields and help you master the psychology of winning big in business and in life. Here's your host, author, speaker, and business coach, Jody Holland. Hey guys, Jody Holland here with the Psyche of Success. It's going to be a great episode for you today. Very excited to be talking about the way that you adapt to different personalities and temperaments in the sales process. You know, we are currently in this economic crisis. A lot of people have lost revenue, massive amounts of revenue, especially if you're a small business. And it is not the time to wait around to see if the government or somebody else is going to save you. I'm just going to give you my two cents right now. Now is the time to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Don't take no for an answer. Get down off your waiting horse and let's go make something happen. So I'm gonna take you through a tool that I took a while back. I've been certified in everything DISC for years now. Started using the DISC profile assessment, I wanna say around 1999, somewhere in that range, so a little over 20 years ago. But one of the coolest tools that I have seen through uh, uh, Wiley Publishing to Everything Disc is their sales profile. What I love about this tool is it gives you an understanding of not just who you are, but then it also gives you a platform going to myeverythingdisc.com to be able to see what you would compare to what you think a customer is like. You can't exactly call your customers up and go, hey, uh, would you mind taking an assessment for me so that I can, you know, know exactly how to close you? but you can observe the way that they behave and a few other characteristics. And I'm gonna give you some tips and tricks based on face reading where you can understand the disc style of a person without giving them a test, just by looking at their LinkedIn profile or Facebook profile or any image of their face that you can find online. When you take this assessment, it's only about a 10 or 15 minute assessment as long as you're paying attention. If you're easily distracted, it may take you a little bit longer, but there's four different quadrants that are covered in there. The D is dominance, I is influence, S is steadiness, and C is conscientiousness. You will fall somewhere in the continuum of one of those four categories. Within each one, let's take dominance for example, right in the middle would be a dominant person, somebody that's closer to the C, think of this like as a circle, D, I across the top, and then come down, that's an S, and go left, that's a C, so it kind of goes around in that D, I, S, C circle. D, C, D, and D, I are the three categories within D. So you have some variations and some adaptations based on the way that you present yourself. Little background on this, William Moulton Marston, if you go all the way back to the idea of DISC, he had written a book, and we're getting on probably close to 70 years ago now, talking about the emotions of normal people and the way that normal people would interact with one another. One of the ideas that he had was he was wondering for the people that typically are not very assertive in the workplace, and at that time he was talking specifically about women and trying to figure out how to get more women to enter the workplace, he wondered, is there a way to change a person's temperament? 
And the results of his study, he was able to evaluate what temperament or the portrayal of self and personality was, but also able to understand that based on what's going on in your life and what you're being exposed to, you do change your temperament over your life. Very few people will change their core personality, something measured more like a Myers-Briggs type indicator or a big five personality factors or a 16 PFI which is personality factor indicators, those will be pretty consistent. The DISC, though, was designed to look at the way that you portray yourself in a setting. Think workplace or home or relationship. So in this particular case, the Everything DISC sales profile is how you would portray yourself in a workplace setting in the way that you would sell or interact with others. When you get your report, you look at this circle, the DISC circle, and you'll you'll see that your dot is either towards the middle or all the way out towards the edge. Where the dot sits is important because it tells you the intensity of your personality. The further out towards the edge your dot is, the more likely you are to just stay consistent in what you do and the less likely you are to adapt to a different style based on something going on around you. So I have my report pulled up in front of me right now, and I'll include a a little bit of this information, but if you look at my report, you would see that the dot is all the way out at the edge, and it is on the I and the D line. So it registers me as a very strong ID. Uh, You can be an ID, an I, or an IS in the I categories, just like the same as the DC, D, and DI in in the D category. I don't tend to adapt a whole lot. I tend to be kind of who I am. So think about that from that perspective. You, if you're like me, I actually kind of like people that are really strong in their personality because I know exactly where I stand with them and I don't have to wonder, man, which one of them is going to show up today? When you're closer to the center of that circle, what that does is it means that, you know, one day you're, you're like, yes, I'm definitely a D today. And then the next day, you're like, eh, I'm really more conscientious. So you might adapt based on what's going on that day. Closer to the edge, the less likely you are to have a daily adaptation from one style to another. little extra history on this. If, if you kind of just draw, um, draw a plus sign on your piece of paper, top left corner of it would be the D. Then the I is on the top right. Bottom right is S. Bottom left is C. The the things that are above the line, the D and the I, those are big picture thinkers. Things that are below the line, the C and the S, those are more detail-oriented thinkers. The big picture thinkers a lot of times are more optimistic about, oh, it, it could be this or it could be this because they're thinking possibility thinking, whereas the S and the C are a little more risk-averse. They tend to be more skeptical and think, ah, I don't know if that's a good idea. Maybe we shouldn't do that. Let's really look at it. One is not better than the other. In fact, within any business, it's actually ideal that you have good diversity in your personalities. I need skeptics on my team because as far to the top of the circle as I am, I'll believe that I can do anything. And I need somebody to ground me and say, it's a great idea, Jody, but have you thought about and get me to just step back and think about it. Uh, Page four in the report, if you end up taking this at some point, which is a phenomenal thing. And if you're interested, just reach out to me. I can get you some pricing, let you know what it would be like to do this for you and or for your team and get everybody set up. 
there's a blue page on here. And on that page, what you are essentially looking at is the story of you. When you look at the story of you, it's going to describe what you tend to be like, uh, what you will enjoy when you meet other people, the way that you'll persuade other people, what you put out in front of others, what you're afraid of, those kinds of things. So it gives you a good, broad overview of you. You'll then see when on the next page, which is page five in the report, that uh, you'll have kind of these little words on the outside of the circle. So at the very top, the DI, that's action. Across the I, that's enthusiasm. Across the D, that's results. Those are my three primary descriptors is taking action, offering enthusiasm, and getting results. The other words around the circle, going from the I to the S, is relationships, sincerity, dependability, quality, and competency. All of those are just different ways to describe what the primary style of a person would be. When you look at your three primary areas, this will give you your sales strengths. So as a salesperson, I tend to be confident, not aggressive, but confident when interacting with my customers. And I'm always focused on what do we do to move your business forward or find success for you? So it's all about that combination of action and results. And I do tend to be very enthusiastic. I learned to tone this down a bit after I got a call back from a customer who actually signed a deal, cut me a check. It was a $5,000 deal. And they called the office and my receptionist answered and she she said, yeah, can I help you? He said, man, we are so excited to be working with Jody. We, are, we know we're going to love it. And we gave him a check for five grand. We just have no idea what we bought. Can, can you tell us what we bought? And I thought, oh man, okay, selling with enthusiasm can be good, but I got to remember to overcome some of my weaknesses. My challenges or my weaknesses, one of those is making sure that all the information is in front of the customer. So to be dependable and give the right quality and the right sincerity, I have to slow my communication down and make sure I take time to reflect with the customer to analyze the situation, make sure that I explain everything that I'm gonna do, that I don't just use my, my charm and my ability to persuade, but I also take into consideration what will make this the best experience for them based on who they are. That's one of the things that Everything Disc teaches so well through these reports is when you need to adapt to another person, you almost need an owner's manual. If you had an owner's manual for other people, it would make life so much easier. So beginning on page eight, it describes the owner's manual. If you're going to be selling to a D style, then this is your instructions. If you're selling to an I, this is your instructions. An S, same thing. So you go all the way around and it says, make sure you understand what these customers are looking for. So let's take the dominant person first. The D customers, you may notice they are assertive, results-oriented, no-nonsense attitude, fast, action-oriented pace, straightforward, even blunt at times. They'll be willing to take risks. They're a little bit skeptical, and they're going to tell you about it. They're eager to control discussions. They're tough-minded, and they make their decisions very quickly. I actually love selling to Ds because you either get a yes or you get a get the blank out of my office. You're going to get one or the other. You don't get the maybe. Maybes are the toughest thing for salespeople because you keep coming back, but you don't really know whether you're going to get them to move forward. They just keep stringing you along and stringing you along. But a D, it's a yes or it's a no. 
one or the other, you'll always know where you stand. Give you a little story. I was trying to sell to a hospital CEO. This is in 2001. And I had built up this amazing presentation, PowerPoint, had a handout to everybody. It was going to be the CEO, chief financial officer, chief nursing officer, chief operations officer, and the chief medical officer. To get all those people in one room at one time, that was almost magic. But I get there. And the CEO meets me as I'm about to come into the room to go present. He goes, we've had some things happen. I'm not going to be able to give you the 45 minutes we agreed to. I can only give you 10 minutes. So because I have enough D in my personality, I didn't let it rattle me. And I said, 10 minutes? I don't need 10 minutes. I'll be done in five. And then you can get back to solving your crisis. And he kind of had a smirk on his face, almost a chuckle of, oh my gosh, that was funny. I like this guy. I go in, I quickly pass everything out to people. I say, here's the deal. These are the results that you're getting without me. These are the results that you indicated that you wanted. I can get you the results that you're looking for. You have not been able to get those results on your own. I want to help you. I can help you. I've helped other people. I have already taken multiple hospitals into the success zone that you're looking for. If you're interested, sign this, fax it back. The fax number is on the page. And I left. And I just thought, yeah, I'm not getting that. I mean, that wasn't any time. I didn't explain anything. I didn't take any questions. And I'll be danged. About 45 minutes later, I got a faxed uh, contract over from them. And I I know fax is a long time ago. That's why I set it up that that was about 2001. But that's what selling to a D can be like. The challenge I have, if you're selling to an I, they just need to like you. If you're selling to an S, They're probably going to need somebody to validate the purchase. They're very agreeable. They're soft-spoken. They don't want to be hard-closed, and they don't like being backed into a corner. So you've got to make sure that you give them time to think. You're going to give them time to process the information. So first day, if I'm there and I make the presentation, and they say, yeah, I'm interested. Can you come back with a proposal? Absolutely. I come back with a proposal. A D, I would try to close. An I, I would probably try to close as well because they're big picture, but an S and a C, I would not. I would give them the proposal. I'd go through everything. Then I would say, do you have any questions? I want to make sure that you have all the information that you need and I'm not leaving anything unanswered. Give them a chance to talk. And then I would say, what I'd like for you to do is I'd like for you to think about it. Just process it. Give it some time to sit with you. Let's get back together in two days. That should give you enough time. Do you need more time than that? Or does that sound all right? Most of the time, they'll just say, no, 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 that sounds all right. And then I ask this question. Besides you, do you need anyone else in the room in order to make either a yes or a no decision when I come back? Most of the time, they'll say, you know what? There are a couple of other people I'd like to include in this because they love consensus and they love people all being on the same page. Say, great. If you don't mind, can I get their name and their email address and I'll send them a copy of the information? They usually say, well, I can do that. I go, I, I know. I just know that you're busy. I want to save you the trouble. Plus, they may have some questions that I can be prepared for when I come back so I don't waste anybody's time. Then they usually give me the person's name and email address that needs to be there. When you're closing a C, you'll make your presentation. You need to make sure that you are ready with some referral, like some people that can back you up. A C will always ask, 
who else has done this? Who else has used you for this specific thing? And can I talk to them? One of the C's that I closed, this is two years ago now. So it's 2020 right now, it's 2018. They wanted to speak to five customers. I said, I can set that up. So I just want to let you know, I don't pass out my customers information. I would never pass out your information. I wouldn't want people just calling you because I make a lot of presentations. So let me find the customers that can call you. What's the best number to call you on? Once I identify who's going to call you, I will send you a list of their name, phone number, and email, and they will reach out to you. Plus, I'd like to send you a link of what people have said about me on LinkedIn and what people have said about me on Google. I make sure I've got a lot of good reviews out there that people can talk from multiple different industries about what they've liked about the work that I've done for them so that they can maybe get some of those questions answered right then. They will still talk to people. It is also ideal that you have a lot of data. You know, white papers are a great idea, statistical analysis of whether your programs have worked or not. That kind of stuff's important to a C. They're going to, excuse me, they're going to question you a whole lot more than most people will. Uh, the next part of the report, starting on page 13, goes into what do D customers prioritize? They talk about the bottom line and what they want from the salesperson. What do I customers prioritize? Enthusiasm and excitement. What do the S customers prioritize? They expect sincerity and a genuine approach. And the C customers, they expect high quality products and services that you can back up. You cannot be aloof. You can, can't be difficult to get a hold of. You have to be available. And then starting on page 17, it goes into if you were selling to somebody that sincerity is their number one, what would that be like? If results are their number one, what would that be like? Gives you all the different variations as you go through there and helps you understand fully what you would do. Then you can start creating customer maps on page 22. You look at the person and you think, well, are they fast paced and outspoken or are they more cautious and reflective? And that's either upper portion or lower portion. And then you say, are they accepting and warm or are they more questioning and skeptical? That's right side is accepting, left side is questioning and skeptical. And you plot where you think they are. But I'm going to give you a little trick here. And this is something that you can't get just from taking the disc. I actually tested over 300 people with the disc, took a picture of their face, and then tried to identify, is there a way from facial profiling using my face reading science that I can get people to to be able to read the disc profile of a person just like that. Two seconds. And there is. So forehead and chin are indicative of a DIS or C profile. If you have a round forehead, which means emotional decision-making, and a square chin, which means goal-oriented, that is a dominant individual. If you have a round forehead and a rounded chin, that is an influencer. If you, and what that means, a rounded chin is I judge myself based on relationships. Instead of goal orientation, it's relationship orientation, still emotional decision maker. Then you get into the logical decision makers. That's the lower half of the, the disc bubble. The S, they're going to have a flat forehead and a round chin. They're still very relationally driven. That's the round chin and logical in their decision-making versus emotional. That's the flat across forehead. Think outside to outside edge of the forehead. 
that'll get you going to, to understand. If that looks flattened across there, that's logical. If it looks more like a bubble coming out, that's rounded. So, you know, rounded is emotional, flat is logical. The C, the final one, that is a flat forehead, logical decision maker, square chin, goal oriented. Uh, think about that. The goal or the task side of things is the D and the C. So that makes sense on the chin. The relationship side of things is the I and the S. So that's the rounded chin. The upper portion of it, that is their big picture thinkers. So big picture thinkers use more of an emotional approach, what feels right versus a logical approach. That's why D and I have rounded foreheads. And then the lower half of that, the S and the C, they're more of the logical, sometimes a little skeptical approach. So they need validation. That means flat forehead, logic decision. When you think about that correlation, it really does simplify things for you and helps you understand exactly what approach you should take. If you walk into a meeting and you know what the personality temperament of a person is, the moment that you meet them, then you've got an um, unbelievable advantage in the sales process. By mastering these components of reading faces and combining it with the disc, I have upped my game significantly. I close at so much of a higher rate than what I used to. The average salesperson in the United States closes a little bit below 20%. So just one in five say. So four will say no, one will say yes when they're presenting. When you use this process where you learn to adapt your style, so I encourage you to take the assessment, learn about yourself, and then learn about the way that you would evaluate your potential customers and study the components of the report as well as the online portal that has some amazing learning in it. You study what the adaptation would be and then you walk in and you go, oh, they're an eye because they have a round forehead, round chin. Then you adapt as if they're an eye. This has almost never failed me. One out of about 450 times I've been wrong. The rest, I've been right. So you're talking less than half of 1%. You know, I can actually less than you know, a quarter of 1%. I was wrong on this. That's not to brag on me, but that's just to show you this is a science. It is not an art. It is a science. The book that I wrote on face reading is called Faces of Reality, but I'm going to put a link in the show notes so you can go learn a little bit more about face reading. And then I'll also put some information in there. If you're interested in taking the Everything Disc Sales Profile, I'd love to get you connected on that. Uh, you just reach out to me. Uh, there is a cost, obviously, because it's an amazing tool, but it will help you so much. Invest in you so you can up your game. But definitely check out the face reading. Check out the Everything Disc. Both of those things are absolutely incredible. That's going to do it for me, but I'm going to leave you with one challenge. If you don't learn who you are and you don't learn how to adapt you to the people around you, how in the world can you get where you want to go? So my challenge is to you, no matter what, dig in. Know thyself. For this is the greatest thing that you can do to up your game in success and to not sit around and wait for somebody else to save you, but instead take control of your destiny, create your path to success, and make things work. I'm Jody Holland with the Psyche of Success. Can't wait to see you on the next episode. Make sure that you subscribe to us, share this with your friends. I would love to get a rating from you. Go out there and take a look at 
uh, on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Just go out and give us a rating. Give me your honest feedback. Tell me what you're looking for. If you have some suggestions for shows or things that would help you, I am all ears. I can't wait. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Psyche of Success. Give us a five-star rating. Subscribe. Share with your friends. Take out billboards about how much you love us if you want. But just make sure to apply the lessons learned and live fully into your potential. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Psyche of Success. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Psyche of Success. I'm trying to dig in right now and find some things that will really help you up your game and find greater levels of success. My website, psycheofsuccess.com, has a bunch of good information on there. If you're interested in learning about Psyche of Success University or about face reading courses or anything along those lines, I've got some amazing content, well over 230 videos now, all designed to take your psychology and let you up your game based on enhancing that psychology. 80% of success is psychology and 20% is mechanics. Let me help you take care of the 80% and we'll get you set up for the 20 after that. We'll see you on the next episode.